the best moments in my life have come because of the teams I've played on or, you know, the friends you make through through sports. So it's just, it's so important and it can, you know, it can really just take you places that you never really thought it could. And welcome to a special bonus feature of Girls With Goals. We're talking about the record-breaking and historic Irish hockey team. I'm joined in studio now by the editor of Sports, Joe Conan Doherty. Conan, you're on another podcast, right? And as we don't promote other podcasts on this show, I won't name it. The GAR. I'm just joking. Yeah, go on, you can say it. The GAR. That's the only reason I'm here is to give ourselves a little push. Fantastic. But you've never been on our podcast before, so how do you feel? I feel really, really... A shame that you never once asked me beforehand. I've seen all these other people in the office getting sort of just picked. They're sort of coming across like a claw at a fairground and you're picking them out and bringing them over to the studio. I was actually just waiting for the right moment. Yeah. And and I think this is... The Hockey World Cup. That's what it is. I think this is your moment. Yeah. Yeah. So no pressure, but you have to shine. So let's talk hockey. Before the entire country went hockey mad in the last few weeks, how would you rate your hockey knowledge on a scale of like one to ten let's be honest um right i knew it was 11 aside okay this is me not rating it between one to ten but that's fine um knew it was 11 aside i knew and you used a hockey stick yeah a ball i knew you had to score a goal i knew it was 10 minutes a quarter, a quarter. i think i think it's around 10 minutes <laughs> 15 a quarter. actually oh no but, um, that was me just testing, you were it. testing. So, i yeah. used to play hockey did you? Yeah, I used to play hockey in school. I was I was quite a good hockey player. What happened? You gave up on the dream? I gave up on the dream because it turns out that I don't do well in team environments. <laughs> so um, I had to kind of put the hockey stick down, but I loved it. It was an amazing sport. But yeah, I used to get pretty annoyed at the other team members if they weren't playing up to my standard. At the other team? Oh, it's people on your team? I thought you meant the opposition. It's like, come on, give me a better challenge. No, no, no. People on my own team. I used to like just give out to them and stuff. It's a terrible <laughs> team teammate. So I played squash instead. So these past few weeks, obviously, it hasn't been an incredible time for women in sport or women in hockey. It's simply been an incredible time for Irish sport. I think that's a fair thing to say. Ireland has never contested a World Cup in team sport prior to this. So the Irish women's hockey team were ranked 15th going into the tournament they're amateur players who are underfunded and mostly they're playing against professionals in the tournament as well so I was lucky enough to catch up with forward Deirdre Duke earlier today so here's how we got on joined on the line now by Deirdre Duke, one of the World Cup silver medalists from the record-breaking Irish women's hockey team. Deirdre, thanks so much for taking the call. I'd imagine it's been a bit of a whirlwind few weeks. Has the magnitude of everything kicked in for you guys yet? Um, I, I'm not quite sure that it has, to be honest. Um, it's been literally um, mental since since the semi-final and it's just kind of, it's just kind of snowballed in the last <laughs> 72 hours and honest it's the first time this morning that I've sat down on my own and had had a minute to actually yeah to, to kind of even think about what what has gone on it's such a huge achievement Deirdre but let's go back a little bit so you started playing hockey at the age of 10 so what was the dream for you growing up when it came to your sports yeah so I started playing hockey when I was in primary school and um, one of my friends mum's Paula Jenkins kind of got me into it and I started to play up in three rock rovers um, and to be honest I was just enjoying it I I played a lot of sports I played a uh, 
Gaelic football for Croaks. I played soccer and I was just a bit of a, a sports fanatic. So um, it was probably really when I went to Alexandra College uh, for secondary school um, that kind of kicked off for me. It's, it's a really big hockey school in, in Milltown in Dublin. Um, I kind of just fell in love with it. Um, there was a great buzz, you know, in, in the school about the, you know, the senior team. And I remember thinking, oh, I just want to make that team someday. Um, and it was actually Nikki Evans um, was a couple of years ahead of me in school and I remember looking at her and thinking you know if she can play on the senior team you know I want to do the same so and then it just kind of took off from there and um, Leinster, Ireland and you kind of find yourself in the senior programme before you know it. And how did you feel when you got your first cap for Ireland? Um, yeah um, amazing I got my first cap in it was actually the day after my 21st birthday uh, against Scotland um, and I had been in the in the squad for probably about you know 16 months before that um, in the old C- uh, CPP program um, and you know it was hard we were training away and you kind of didn't really know if you were ever going to break in or not um, you know so when Darren Smith the former coach you know gave me a call to say that I was going to play my first cap it was kind of it was an incredibly special moment you know Deirdre you work full time um, so do a lot of ladies on the team and there's there's a lot of students as well um, how do you balance training with the rest of your life when you're playing at such a high standard I mean it's really difficult I actually just I haven't started work yet I am um, just completed my SE1 examinations this year um, and I was supposed to begin work in uh, in a good body uh, in April but just with the World Cup I've taken a year off because it's, it, it can be really difficult but a lot of the girls that um, you know that there's a couple of solicitors on the team um, you know it is hugely difficult and a lot of people have had to take a step away from their professional career to kind of concentrate on the hockey um, you know and a lot of people think that we're mad you know I think <laughs> our families probably think that we're the we're the craziest doing things like that but then you know when, when weeks like the last couple come around it just makes it all you know it makes it all worth it I suppose so looking at the tournament, you guys were ranked 15 out of 16 in your pool when you went in initially. So after what's happened, does it does it bother you that it took you guys kind of smashing records and getting to a World Cup final for hockey to maybe get the attention of the national media? Yeah, I mean, we've we've been, um, you know, plugging away for years now. There's some of the girls that have been in the program, you know, 10 years. I've been about six years myself. And um yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it's unbelievable to think that the nation, you know, has taken such an interest in it. But, you know, we, we were kind of laughing that we've been going to these tournaments for, you know, for a long time now. And, you know, you come home and you kind of go about your business and no one really knows. And, yeah. um, you know, so it's amazing to have so many people, I suppose, recognize, you know, what what, what we've put into the, the hockey, but also just to put hockey on the map. And, you know, it obviously is a quite a minority sport um, in Ireland. So, you know, to, 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 to kind of... Um, create that interest in the buzz around the sport is, is amazing for us. So talking a little bit about kind of, you said there that it is a minority sport. So I know that Hockey Ireland had its funding cut there by about 10 grand just a few months ago. But this week, kind of in the aftermath of London, in great news, there has been more funding announced. So obviously this is monumental, but do you think funding across all sports, particularly for women, needs to be looked at in more detail now? Yeah, 100%. You know, we, we put just as much in as, as, as any male team and, you know, um, we train like professional athletes and I know the you know the Dublin GA girls are the same you know the, the the soccer girls and you know we put just as much if not more in because we have to balance also the rest of our lives as well like a lot of the you know the rugby guys the soccer the soccer guys you know are on professional contracts and they get to you know do the, the thing that they love for a living whether you know we have to you know I suppose remind ourselves that this is this is not for life and you know you can't really build a career out of hockey unfortunately or any of the other any of the other sports so it's um 
yeah, funding is hugely important, you know, and and the the media backing and women's sport is 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 on the rise, and and we're just incredibly um, proud and 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 honoured to be to be a part of that, and you know, putting um, women in sport on the map. If you were able to go professional tomorrow, would you? I mean, are the women that you're playing from different countries around the world, are they professional? Yeah, no, we, we were one of the only, I think we were actually the only um, team in the tournament who who were amateurs. So uh, all the other teams in the world, particularly the top 10, um, they're all fully funded programs. So, you know, the girls, uh, you know, are paid. They, they're given, you know, um, um, houses, you know, like allowances, you know, and, and they get to train full time. Um, um, definitely like all the English girls Australia Netherlands they actually the, the Dutch girls their their clubs pay them you know salaries like you know upwards yeah. of 20, 30 grand you know <laughs> when, wow. when we play club hockey here we pay our subs we pay our 100 or 200 euro and you know and it, 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 it's just a different league and in order for us to be able to compete you know really compete with the best in the world and the best teams and to you know continually place you know in the medals and um, funding is, is is the main difference between you know the the, the real top top teams in the world and, and the rest of us well i think that you've proven that you can compete with the with the top teams in the world so hopefully that's going to change in the future and um, so what are your hopes for hockey in the future when it comes to say young girls who maybe weren't that aware of it but have now obviously are incredibly proud of you and your teammates for what you've done. Yeah, I just hope the sport continues to grow and, you know, it gets the attention that it deserves. And um, I mean, we were out on Dame Street uh, the day we came home and it was incredible to see so many, you know, young kids there uh, with their hockey sticks and their T-shirts and, you know, half of them had never played before. So just to, to grow the sport, you know, to get more kids out playing, to be honest, it doesn't matter whether it's hockey or football or, or what it is. Um, it's just so great to, to, to see, you know, young girls participating in sports. And I mean, the best moments in my life have come because of the teams I've played on or, you know, the friends you make through through sports. So it's just, it's so important and it can, you know, it can really just take you places that you never really thought it could. So obviously things are still very much on a high at the moment for you and all of the teammates. So what's the next steps in your training? What is the next competition that you guys are looking towards? Yeah, so we have a couple of weeks off now and um, people will probably be go back to their, their club hockey um, you know, through September and a few girls obviously playing abroad. Um, our next big thing is next May um, is the first round of the Olympic qualifiers for Tokyo. Um, so to be honest, because our ranking has changed from 16 to 8, I'm not even sure whether we have to play in that tournament anymore, oh, which, is nice. actually, which, is, which is crazy, you know, because that's what we were gearing towards. Um, and then following that, we have a European European Championships next August and then the big one is next November so that will be um, I think it's a two-off game series against another nation uh, to qualify for the Olympics and you know just two games you know winner takes all and because we've jumped to eight in the world it means that we're going to be able to play that in, in, in Dublin or in Ireland somewhere Amazing um, So yeah that's that's incredible because we, we really thought we'd be going to uh, you know we didn't really know where we could could be off to for that one so uh, that's going to be going to be huge for us Deirdre Duke a massive congratulations to you and all the team and go enjoy the win enjoy your weeks off yeah, thank you so much and thanks for having me on So that was Deirdre there. To be honest with you, I'm not going to lie. I was uh, I was kind of starstruck when I was talking to her. It's a huge achievement. Yeah, but it's an unbelievable achievement. And even you look through just some of the, the stats. You mentioned that they're the one of the only amateur teams going into the tournament. But 
I can they played the Dutch obviously in the final and the first, second and third top scorer in the whole competition were all from, from the Netherlands. Yeah. They had three other players joined fourth and fifth top scorer. Obviously Deirdre Duke w- along with was it Anna O'Fanagan was Ireland's top scorers as well. Yeah. So to be sitting amongst th- those sort of players who are like known worldwide in hockey hockey terms, it is incredible what they've done. It really is. And I think like something that we touched on as well when I was talking to Deirdre was just about the kind of balance between working full time now she was a student and she was going to go into into her job but she took a break from it to focus on hockey but like you think about these these women and and men as well like who are kind of trying to balance training at such a high level and trying to also you know just go about their daily lives and work and I honestly don't know how they do it you know it's a crazy amount of dedication and time that they're putting it into and I think when something like this happens it really shines a light on that aspect of amateurs playing sport at a crazy high level in Ireland for minority sports. Yeah, and it's a shame that it takes something like like an outlier like this to get any sort of inroads for them because these are people who are they're giving up their nights, they're giving up their weekends. Like Deidre telling you she's taking a year out. Like the fact that she has to take a break from working to try and focus better, and she's doing this to represent us. I know she's doing it to represent Ireland and not really getting a lot of help along the way. They might get a bit more help now, but she's putting her life on hold to be a better hockey player so she can be a better Irish player and yeah. to sort of bring hockey forward in Ireland and, and I mean, have to pay to get over to London. You like know, this the is the thing place. and I asked I asked her about that. I asked her about like, you know, whether or not it kind of bothered them that they needed to do something as massive as this in order to get that extra push and in mm. order to get maybe the funding, you know, that they deserve and I think there has been a bit of backlash from some or for in particular some of the politicians involved you know bandwagoning has been mentioned a bit and and basically when all of this happened and when the team arrived back from London the Minister for Transport Tourism and Sport Shane Ross you know he said we're going to allocate 1.5 million more in funding for Irish teams that are preparing for the World Championships in Doha and for the Olympics as well and now there's more of a push on him to kind of allocate you know for specific sports so for example you know I I think the the women's hockey team they need a pitch first and foremost you know they don't have an FHI approved pitch in the country so they can't host major major tournaments either which is a big thing but I mean what would you say to people who are kind of just jumping on this in terms of the politicians do you think that it's fair do you think that bandwagoning is just kind of opportunistic and it has to happen I mean like I, I don't blame a politician for being opportunistic you know, mm. that happens at the best of times and Shane Ross has, has fallen victim to, to being too enthusiastic about being opportunistic before yeah. um, remember after Ireland won the Grand Slam he took that picture in the Shelburne Hotel put it up on Twitter alongside Rob Kearney and Johnny Sexton and said yeah. welcome home to these two superstars Dave Kearney and Johnny Sexton I just wanted to die <laughs> yeah. I wanted the ground to swallow me and this is just anyway it's a, it's a classic example of a politician who's you know trying to be one of the lads and trying to be current and relevant and you know that's fine what I didn't like was Shane Ross standing on stage with the Irish hockey team behind him having given them no help beforehand mm. like you know, you're talking a week beforehand yeah and oh their, their funding was cut like only a couple of months ago do you know what I mean yeah. so and and his wording of it you know it sounds like originally he's going to give these girls 1.5 million like they, it, you know in the way they gasped and broke into tears and it was almost exploiting their sort of yeah na- naivety is not a criticism of them because they haven't been in this in this limelight before yeah. and that's uh, not the case that's that's across the board yeah. it's not 1.5 uh, it sounded like he was them. giving them that yeah. and then some of the original reports that went out and then 
spread across social media and online websites that it was, like the hockey team were getting 1.5 million when yeah. they're not and we have no idea how much they're getting we have no idea how much of that has been allocated yeah. elsewhere but I'll, I'll be honest with you when it comes to sort of minority female sports I was guilty in the past not not too long ago of thinking that you know maybe having a more of an unsympathetic approach to it thinking well you know when it's a bit bigger then we'll cover it a bit more yeah I was guilty of that as a sports editor but but I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that as well but I do think that it's something that people fall back on and they they do fall back on it in a way of just being like well you know the big three for example generates more revenue and more people watch it I want to hear about that that's absolutely true but I think when athletes regardless of their gender are reaching such heights it can't be ignored anymore you know yeah no but I I also do think and I've come to realise that it's it's not about supply and demand I thought you know when there's a bigger demand we'll supply it but I actually have started to realise and a lot of the ladies football and the GA has helped me see this Yeah. when you offer the supply then the demand will get bigger do you know if you do it the other way around there is almost an obligation to try and push these people who are given so much of their lives and they are equal in every way a lot of them are as skillful some of Ireland's best athletes now like most of them are women like you know you look at this hockey team breaking breaking all sorts of barriers and like records yeah I think the goalkeeper was was, um, voted like the best goalkeeper in the whole tournament so Katie Taylor nobody nobody comes close to her in every sport at the minute now you look at some of the youngsters coming through in athletics Gina Apkin Moses Sophie O'Sullivan like so I do think there is almost a responsibility now in the media to push female sport a bit more so then that it will get bigger because you see now like the like of this hockey team who have done it all on their own bat they've forced their way to a World Cup final and then suddenly Dame Street is absolutely packed there's young kids there people want to go out and play hockey now tomorrow morning yeah. because of that but people who've never picked up a stick yeah. before yeah look at something as simple as the, the GA because like Little came on board gave them good sponsorship because TG Kihar started showing every game you get record attendance at Crew Park more than the Women's World Cup final yeah. you're 46,000 people there because you're giving it proper coverage and people start to know these, these players and then people want to get involved in the sport so there's so it's like this is tip of the iceberg stuff I think so too and I think it's gonna it's going to see a change in the tide and I think it kind of started to happen a year ago with the uh, ladies football team and what they did with like I remember I wrote a piece on it at the time and and they essentially went on strike evidently and they were just like you know we're sick of sharing kit with the juniors and we're sick of having to change in the toilets like just things that was you know when you look at it now it's completely disrespectful but that had been things that they had been dealing with for years and it was because of their gender and I think that something like that happening you know I think it was over a year ago now at that point and now this happening for a women's hockey team as well Mm. is going to do that so I think there is a responsibility for the likes of us in the media to do that because it is supply and demand you know like if 10 people had showed up on Dame Street fine we could sit here and argue that maybe there isn't a demand for that kind of sport but there clearly is so I think yeah we're gonna we're gonna change it now and I, I like also like yeah we're gonna change it but I also think you no we're gonna see, change it that's it we're we, changing it <laughs> it's happening now today but it is like we're not even waiting for the people to show up on Dame Street is when we give it a little push you can see it's it's instantly sort of having a direct impact yeah one push from the media has a direct correlation with like more people being interested in it Absolutely. so until that that sort of trend stops or that graph starts to plateau yeah. then we can stop pushing it as much as we are but if we keep pushing 
fiction and it keeps getting more popular yeah. then you know we have to keep doing that I think it's a it's going to be a combination of things I think funding needs to be looked at across every sport in Ireland and I don't think that gender that's gender specific I think obviously uh, the funding allocation needs to be looked at across the board and I think the media have a huge part to play in it as well and I think a lot of people in the media are now looking at this not as an opportunity but I think a lot of them are probably going like maybe they're a little bit ashamed that they haven't you know covered this kind of minority sport in the past more so I think that that's only going to be positive as well it's really encouraging to hear like you obviously you're the editor of sports show it's really encouraging to hear you say things like that so before I let you go though I am going to need a guarantee that you will cover squash on the site more can I get that from you I mean I mean we'll we'll talk about it we'll I talk mean, about you know, it once it gets a bit bigger then we'll start looking at it <laughs> That's fair. That's Listen, fair. I sound like a politician, though. I don't want to give you any sort of statement on the record. I'm just an Irish, keep squa- an Irish squash player is just going to smash records in the next year, and then you'll be yeah. gagging to get on Girls with Goals again, Conan. If I was Shane Ross, I would say I can guarantee that we are going to cover a lot more minority sports, and squash might be part of that in the future. Okay, fine. I'll <laughs> give you that one. So, when do I get to come on the GAR? Well, it's, all, it's out every Monday and Thursday. It's a really good show. There's a hurling oh, and football on. one. I recommend anybody to go listen to it right now. It's on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. It's on all good podcast apps. I can't wait to listen to the next episode and just hear you plugging Girls With Goals on it because that's going to happen. Conan Doherty, thank you so much for joining me. 